Hey there, everybody. How you doing today? It's Pastor Chip again. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about blood. That's right, I said blood. And don't get all whacked on me. Ain't got nothing to do with Halloween. I'm talking about blood in the Bible. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of issues and references to blood, but today we're going to be dealing with two two uh, instances. And um, you know, I had some gentlemen over at my house today, and we were talking and talking Bible and church and all the good stuff that goes along with it. And we were talking about, you know, there's people that that think salvation's a get-out-of-jail-free card. That they can, once saved, always saved. That, that they, um... That they can do what they want. I mean, you get into the deep, deep, deep theological discussions or were they really saved to begin with or whatever. But I'm talking about a true repentant believer that really believes in Jesus, makes a profession of faith. And goes about their life doing things that are... Not proud of, but anyway, so I'm getting off track here. So we're going to talk about the blood. Now in the Old Testament, there's a scripture about blood that in Appalachia, it's an old healing verse. Uh, a lot of people have been healed by this verse. Saying this verse over people that are suffering from bleeding. And who's to say? I don't know. But I do believe in a higher power. But Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I lost my chapter here, is where it's at. I just got to find it here. Ezekiel 16, 6. Ezekiel 16, 6. And that verse says, And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, Live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, Live. 
That's called the blood burst for obvious reasons. And a lot of people have used it in healing of people. But you know, Ezekiel was Old Testament way before Christ came, right? And then Jesus came, and he died on the cross for our sins, right? And the thing about that that's that is special is that Jesus died and poured out his blood for our sins long before we were born. He knew what we were going to do and where we were coming from and we're sinful people. And he poured out the blood offering for all of us. Not just a verse in Ezekiel just used randomly. Christ did it for the whole world. If only you were to believe. That's the only requirement is that you have to believe and repent of your sins. And that's why I was talking about a while ago, once saved, always saved. When you believe, when you make a profession of faith and you say, Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Wash away my sins with your blood. Do you say that? Are you buying it? Or are you just going through the motions? See, it's a pretty serious thing he did. Dying for each of us. Pouring out his blood. In my opinion, for you to take it lightly. But the other verse I was going to use is Matthew 26, verse 28. This is the new covenant. This is the blood covenant. This is the last covenant of the five covenants in the Bible. This is when Jesus died on the cross. And actually, this was at the Last Supper when he said this, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. You were bought for, bought and paid for in blood. Do you believe in the blood covenant? Do you believe in the forgiveness of your sins? Or are you somebody that was going through the motion 
for your mom and your dad or your spouse because they were putting pressure on you. You know, they didn't want you to go off to college or the military or whatever. They wanted you to be saved. Or were you at a youth camp with a bunch of kids and your friends went down to altar call and you didn't want to be sitting back there on the pew by yourself and be called names or chickens, so you went down with them. Is that the kind of salvation you got? Or how about the ones in the foxholes? You see, I know of many a men, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and in between, who have struck deals with God only to forget about it when they get home. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, these guys are in combat. They're whatever, wherever they were in the military, and something tragic was happening to them. They were about to die or about to get captured or get, you know, out floating in the ocean because their ship sank. Didn't know what was going to happen, and they just make a deal. God, please, just let me survive this war and I'll go to church every Sunday and I'll I'll be a, an A1 Christian and I'll I'll tell everybody about you and man once they get back and get their feet on dry land or out of that foxhole and back to safety God's the furthest thing from their memory Now, there are a lot of people who have honored those those combat confessions, and I do know of one man specifically who has done everything in his life to live a godly life after surviving in Korea. But are you one of those people? I know I, for one... I ran like the wind. I felt the calling when I was young. I ran to the army, and then I let them send me to Germany, and I ran all over the world and married out of the church and paid for that one for 23 years. That cost me a lot of pain and suffering. Just, you know, constantly running, looking back, seeing if God's still following you. I've been there. I've done that. But, you know, it's like, it's like cooties. <laughs> Remember when you're a kid and there's a little friend or a girl touch you and your friends say, You got cooties. You can't wipe them off. <laughs> 
It's the same thing with the blood of Christ. Once it touches you, you can't wipe it off. I look at it more like, do we ever really, truly do enough to earn the love of Christ? And by that I mean, I know that Christ died for me. Do I feel honored? Yes. But sometimes I think I can never be good enough. I can never pray enough. I can never witness enough. I can never be the kind of man to earn the death of another man for me. And that's what Christ did. He died for each of us. Now about that blood, just close your eyes. You've all seen the movies of Christ nailed up on that cross, head hanging forward, spikes through his wrists and his feet. The Roman legion standing on the ground looking up at him. Imagine you're that Roman legion looking up. And like a raindrop from heaven, you see a single solitary drop of blood come down from Christ. And it comes falling toward you, and you can't move. And it hits you right on the forehead, right between the eyes and splatters. And you see a flash of light. Like lightning across the sky and the universe. You see your whole life flash before you. What you've done, what you did, what you will do. And yet you see Christ reach down His hand and pick you up because none of that matters. That drop of blood that hit you covered all your sins. Can you imagine... 
friend of mine asked me if I could go back in time, where would I want to go? I said I'd be torn between three places. One, I would like to go back before the day before my wife died and just hug her and love her and tell her how much I love her. And the other, I'd like to go back to the time when Jesus was in the temple as a child, a 12-year-old or so, and teaching the leaders of the church. I would love to sit and listen. And the other... I would be ashamed, but I would love to be at the bottom of that cross. I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think we'll ever have. that opportunity. But I live every day knowing that my salvation is bought and paid for with the teeniest, tiniest, microscopic drop of blood that not even the human eye can see. DNA and forensics has nothing on the blood of Christ that is sprinkled on me. If you want that kind of forgiveness, it's there for us. All you have to do is believe in Christ, repent of your sins, ask for forgiveness. And you too can have that amazing, teeny tiny microscopic drop of blood that covers everything you've ever done, thought of, or will do. It's all bought and paid for. God bless you, my friends. I love each and every one of you. I hope everyone is well. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.